That's what I'm talking about. Podcast is brought to you in association with Store 57 Productions. Welcome to this week's episode of That's What I'm Talking About. Joined as ever by me, the host Rob Dyson, and as always, Michael. Hello. And this week, we have a special guest, Mr. Alan Brown. How are you doing? Oh, everyone's good, thank you. How are you, Robert? I'm good, thanks for asking. Uh, Reese is enjoying Amsterdam at the minute, so, you know. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honour. <laughs> right, let's get to the big storyline this week. Champions League final, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. I'm going to bypass the special guest and I'm going to go straight to Michael for obvious reasons. Come on, Michael, let's have it. What do you want to know? Everything. Should maybe gone to somebody else first? Because <laughs> I could just go on a rant about Carrius for the next half an hour if you wanted. Let's talk about the first half. The first half, up until Salah went off, for me, Liverpool were on top. I was more than happy with the way the game was going. And then Salah got injured and there was a boost in Real Madrid's morale. Yeah, it seemed to um, ignite him a little bit. Yeah. You could see it with Ramos... When Salah was going off, he was laughing and joking with linesmen. He'd not had a smile all game until Salah went off. He was speaking to Marcelo and then all of a sudden Marcelo became a left winger again because he didn't have to be a left back now that Salah had gone off. I just think it had positive impact on Real Madrid's mentality and a negative effect on Liverpool's. And it turned the game against us. And we did well, I think, to get into our time at 0-0. And I'm sure it was about doing it for Mo at our time because he didn't deserve that. The season he's had, he deserves to see out that game and have an impact on it. Was Lallana the right choice to bring on? The problem Liverpool have got is our starting eleven will go toe-to-toe with every team in the world. But you haven't got a squad. Our bench isn't strong enough. Yeah, I mentioned it last week. The strength and depth that Real Madrid have got compared to Liverpool is massive. And who were the alternatives to Lallana? Solanke and move you know, Firmino out wide so you bring down a young kid or personally one I, I would have actually gone with would have been Alberto Moreno. Play him as a left winger, no defensive. Play, play him as a winger, he can't defend but if you play him as a winger he doesn't have to. He'd have, he'd have the same pace as Salah, the same threat on the counter. He's match fit on my Lallana. True. So I'd have probably gone Moreno. And he'd, he'd, he'd do a better, even though he's not very good defensively, he'd do a better job going back than Milano would because he is a left-back by trade. So I'd have personally gone Moreno over Milano, but again, there's not a lot of options. in. You know, to say that you, we didn't have any other wingers, 
So you're either asking a striker to come on and move Firmino, you're asking a cam to come on and play out wide, or you're asking a left back to come on and play attacking football. It's, it's not a great situation to be in. It's changing the shape completely out of out of the question. You think that? I just think Jurgen Klopp likes the way we set up, and it was working. Like I said, I think he looked at it and thought we're on top, so we don't need to change the way we're playing. We're just going to have to have a change of personnel. But unfortunately, by bringing on the line of Fasalo, is it, it almost does warrant a change of system. I'd have maybe matched Real Madrid if I brought on Lana with the with the diamond and said Mane and Firmino go up front, maybe ask Mane to just drift out wide and see if there's space behind my shadow, but brought Lallana in and to play the Isco role rather than left him out wide. Yeah, let Mane have a bit of a, well, Ronaldo role, and yeah. have free reign up top and tell Firmino to stay at the spearhead. Yeah. Yeah. But Webber was worried to try and match Real Madrid because you know, player for player, obviously they're going to have better quality player than us. So he was worried about matching the formation because he felt like we'd get beat. So it was about sticking to our our game plan, the way that we play week in, week out that beats these teams. Yeah, you're used to it, aren't you? So yeah. it was a massive risk if you were going to change formation. But just with losing Salah, I think if he would have tweaked something, maybe it could have been a little bit different. But I don't know. An interesting game. I, I do disagree with you, though. I thought... Liverpool were on top for the first 15 minutes but then Madrid started getting a grip of the game um, even before the Salah injury I do agree Salah's injury had a massive impact but I think for the 10-15 minutes before he got injured Madrid was starting to find their feet in the game Yeah they started to grow in confidence didn't they? And when Modric and, and Cruz get the ball in midfield it's, it's control isn't it? And I thought Liverpool played well I thought they gave it a good go It was definitely an open game that first half it could have gone either way. If Liverpool would have scored while Salah was still on, totally different ball game. That that was always going to be the key. Is like I think we were on top until the Salah injury. That was going to be the key to the game for Liverpool, is because of the way Real Madrid manage games, especially in the Champions League finals. Is we needed to score when we're on top, so whether we're on top for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, doesn't we needed to get at least a goal, if not two, and maybe try and hit him on the burst like we have done with the games against. City and Roma try and score two and three in the space of about ten minutes and unfortunately for and Ramos were playing brilliantly in those first 30 minutes mm-hmm. so it meant that we couldn't quite create the clear cut opportunities to trouble the keeper second half first five ten minutes same as first half and then Carrius gets the ball <sighs> for some reason he looks at Robertson in loads of space thinks I won't roll it out to you I'll turn around I'll give it to Lovren who's got Ronaldo behind him and in between me and Lovren is Karen Benzema why why he makes that decision I have no idea the thing is he knows he's there because yeah. Benzema's talking to him now whether he was playing for the free kick for whatever reason I'm not sure but those aren't the rules if he'd kicked the ball he'd got the free kick because he decided to roll it out it's not a foul, it's not a free kick. Whether he was hoping that the linesman was going to flag for on offside, because when the ball was played through, Benzema was offside, so whether it's a new phase of play after Carriers picks up the ball is probably up for debate, but it, we never needed to be in that situation. 
where we're asking for fouls, we're asking for offsides. You just roll the ball out to Robertson. Quite safe. It's it's the easiest pass in the world. Literally, Robertson's got so much space. No players anywhere near him because Karen Benzema is the one who would have been sat on Robertson and he'd gone to the keeper. It's absolutely baffling. Probably the worst goal in a Champions League final. Wait till we get to the second one. <laughs> but that's, that, that's the worst part is it wasn't his only one. We'll get to that. Did he appeal to say that he'd had the ball kicked out of his hands or fall offside? Well, these, he went over to the He was appealing for the players aren't allowed to get within a certain distance of a goalkeeper when they're kicking it out. Whether it's out of their hands or the blocking a goalkeeper's kick. So he was asking for that. The problem is, he rolled it and the rule isn't in place for that. So if he'd have kicked it to Lovren, the referee had given the foul and he'd have been. He was asking for it after he'd rolled it out where it's not a foul so that's what he was asking he was asking for the rule to protect goalkeepers but unfortunately he mustn't fully understand the rule because it's only when goalkeepers are kicking the ball that a player isn't allowed to come in and block it has he been he's been shared the number one spot hasn't it between him and Mignolet this season uh, it was Mignolet at the beginning of the season and then Jurgen Klopp made a decision in January that he was going to be carrying since he started I think the last like 18 games and Apart from the first game against Man City, his confidence has grown and these mistakes have seemed like they were on the way out. His confidence was up, he was he was looking like an half-decent keeper. He's still relatively young. Has he got a future? No. I don't Come. think he can. Uh, honestly, because the fans will never trust him again. He's cost us in the biggest game. And the biggest possible game you can have is cost us not once but twice and when you look at the players reaction at the end of the game you can tell that those outfield players didn't deserve to lose that game I don't think and not one of them went over to carry us at the end of the game to console them because they will all feel that they have lost the Champions League final because of Carrius. he has let them down big time and it was the Real Madrid players that tried to console Carrius and not the not our own players now they might have done it in the dressing room but the initial feeling at the end of that game from those players was you, been you've got a shot on the pitch you've got a shot on the pitch so let, I, the, let the fans know that you know we do back him as number one goalkeeper it, I mean it wouldn't matter anyway because the fans will never back him no, yeah obviously the fans will never forgive him so I don't see how we can have a future at Liverpool anymore if he'd have done that in a Premier League game and we'd have lost, say he'd have done that against Stoke for a couple of games before the end of the season and we'd have lost it on 2-0, it would have been fine It's Stoke. He's done it in the Champions League final. Yeah, the only other game you can compare that to is the title-winning fixture if you ever got there and yeah. he did the same thing. It's so, biggest biggest game of the season, isn't it? But what he proved last night is we're not going to be able to win anything with Carriers, isn't it? He had an opportunity last night to show that he's good enough and he failed. He won't be number one next season. Made a few decent saves. One from Benzema, I remember Bales outside of the boot cross. Yeah. Benzema hit it, it was a good save. One of the issues with his good saves though is he does pull off good saves but it's where he's pushing them. Because if you look at the Ronaldo one in the first half great save from Ronaldo he's pushed it straight to Benzema he doesn't get them away he just stops them going in the net 
So even when he's pulling off good saves, it's not he's not doing it in the way that you would want a top class goalkeeper to do. Yeah, he doesn't get rid of the danger. No. He creates even more danger. Yeah. But Liverpool did answer back pretty much straight away. Mane with the goal. Yeah. Was was the fight on then? I did, I thought we'd um, you know, the fans reacted, the players reacted in the right way. And at that moment I thought we're still in this game. Players could have easily dropped after seeing what Carriers had done. They could have thought, it's not our day. Salah's gone off. We've got an idiot in that. What more can we do? Well, they decided to fight, got us back into it, and I'm sure at that moment it was a case of as long as Carriers don't do anything else, we're still in this game. That was the one moment I genuinely thought they were going to win it. Well, when they equalised so yeah. quickly, I thought, it's just what Liverpool do, isn't it? They, they have all this against them and then somehow they just manage yeah. to do it, but yeah. it just wasn't to be. Obviously, Bale rustled up something special. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone else is talking about it, so we might as well talk about it. I Jump mean, on the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have any complaints. I think everybody did everything right. Like we put Marcelo onto his right foot, so it's great defending, doesn't have a right foot, and then Marcelo puts a bad cross into the box, it's behind everyone, and Bale just pulls something spectacular. I think the defender even got a touch on the cross. I think I saw that, so yeah. defensively it was brilliant. Yeah. The, the only issue I would have, and I'm not saying he would have saved it, but again, it's an issue I have with carriers, is when I have a goalkeeper, I want to see him doing everything he can to keep the ball out of the back of the net. Now Bale's it that Carries isn't going to get anywhere near it, but for some reason he drops his hands. He's he's dull for it, drops it. At least he's not going to get a touch, he's not going to get anywhere near it, but at least make it look as though he's trying, especially after what you've done 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. Because it just looks like he's not even tempted to save it. I do think that special goals look that bit more special when the keeper just stands there in awe of it. I do kind of like that, but I do get what you're saying. No, no, what he, I want to see a keeper make he, effort but to he dull, try and he dull save for it. it. And then pulled his hand down. Must admit, in full time, I thought that was unbelievable. It was, yeah. no, it wasn't even. Um, the re- but like I said, he was just watching the replays. I'm just asking myself, why is Carriers dropping his hands? Yeah, when he slowed it down, I thought, oh, Maisie at fault there, yeah. pulls his hands away. Like, because it doesn't actually, it looks as though if he stretches, he might get some. Given where it is, it'd take an unbelievable save to tip it over the bar. Yeah. But at least make the effort. Because he wasn't that far away from no. it, I don't think. I think he's, 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 yeah, his standing position was quite close to it. And he moved as, as quick as he could to react to yeah. just what no one expected. So yeah. at least throw your hands out, try and get something yeah. on it. You never know where it's going to go. But yeah, spectacular goal in the final. It was the winning goal, technically. It was worthy to win the final. The game was over then. Yeah, yeah at that point it was. I think that was the moment where the players just sort of looked and thought, yeah, maybe... It's not our day. After the Carriers one, you could have forgiven them for dropping the Reds and they said they fought back. I think when Bale scored that goal, then they thought, they're, just, they're not going to give this up. And I think they just realised what we always are about when they get to that Champions League final. Tally and Twitter were talking about it. Was that the best goal in a cup final, in a European cup final? I can't remember a Champions League goal as well, is it? I'd stick with Zidane. I think I'd stick with Zidane as well. Just because it was his weaker side. Yeah. Where he plucked it out of the air against Leverkusen. It's such an iconic goal. Like, obviously, we look back and Bale's goal in a few years' time. Possibly might have a different opinion, but I think, yeah. 
Yeah. It's just such, such a special goal as Zidane goal. It's not just the goal, it's, it sums Zidane's career up, doesn't it? Yeah. He's considered one of the greats and he did that in a Champions League final. I mean, Bale's a good player, but I don't think anyone would say he's one of the best. No, he's one of the best, but he's not that elite category with Ronaldo and Messi. No, they? they're in a different category, like Zidane's in the category with Messi and Pele, Maradona. The greats. Whereas, yeah. Bale needs to do that a little bit more. Yeah. His injuries have held him back in that, but yeah, he's not in that category yet. I think another thing with Bale is he's unfortunate to have been in the Messi and Ronaldo era. He's, I'm mm. sure there's a lot of players who have played over the last 10 years that could have been considered in his Dan sort of mould, but unfortunately, there's been two people ruining it for everyone else. It is unfortunate, like you said, with the injuries, though. I mean, if he wouldn't have been injured, I mean, he's had a significant injury every season. I think he's been in Madrid. He's got the tag of being injury prone now for a reason. Is he got on FIFA? That's the, that's the massive injury. I think he actually has. He's got on FIFA, he's injury prone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bale capped off the evening with another goal. I mean, are we calling it a Bale goal? Was a good hit. I mean, it's on target and it's credited, so we have to say it's a bail goal. I think we now know why Carrius took his hands down anyway because it wouldn't have made a difference. Exactly. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just summed the night up, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that that isn't the first time we've seen Carrius do that. Yeah. Considering he did it against Roma in the first leg. Mm. I don't even know what he's trying to do. It's not even as though he can lose foot. I know it moved a bit, but not not to the extent where instead of it in his palms, it's his fingers. Yeah. You just get your hand behind the That ball. should have been a catch. I don't get why. He doesn't catch the ball. Carrius doesn't catch the ball. He parries everything. And unfortunately, I, this is the thing. This is my biggest issue with Carrius. Is I mentioned it. Is he parries everything back into danger. It's even if he disabled that, but the way that his hands are, he's pushing it straight back out into the players. That should be being pushed away. Yeah. And instead he's just put his hands too low, should have been behind the ball, and he'd been, but he'd be parrying it straight back out into danger. So maybe even if he had saved it, we'd have still ended up conceding a third because he'd have probably ended up parrying it straight to Ronaldo or something. But it should have never have gone any back than that. And any goalkeeper in world football should be saving that. That's Especially in a Champions League player. Yeah, and yeah. I reckon I'd say that and that's the worst part about it because I reckon if I was in there I'd say that because we've got, like, we've got to make that happen <laughs> we've, got to make, we've got to find some way of getting you in net for a shot like that well, we've it, got to it doesn't move it's not right in the corner it's virtually right at him because he, he didn't move he didn't move into position to save it he was already there and he just put his hands up I don't know why he didn't go with his fists if he was like concerned yeah. just Punch it away. He looked like he was in two minds because on the slow mo replay, he's got like half a fist, half a palm. So he, he don't he don't know what he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing with the ball coming at him. I'm not sure whether maybe he's still got. Like I say his first game back was against Man City in the Premier League, and he conceded a goal against Sané that he shouldn't have conceded because for whatever reason he went with his fist instead of the palm. And if they've, all, if they've opened up his hand, he'd have saved Sané's shot. Because it still grazes his knuckles when he goes for a fist. Yeah. And no goalkeeper should be doing that. So whenever that's played on his mind ever since then, maybe somebody's pointed out to him. So he's tried to go more with his with open, open palms and he's just misread it. 
I don't know, but it did look more like if you were going to try, if you were going to catch it, which you probably should have done, is it did look like more like a, a punch. Yeah. And just and because of the pace that's on the ball, then a punch, even if you're punching it straight into open play, it's going to go far enough clear for everyone to regroup. The scary thing for me last night of the game is that Madrid won, but other than Bale doing what he did and Ramos, I thought Ramos was fantastic. I couldn't think of another player that I'd say had a good game. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was an average game for most of the players, apart from the ones you've mentioned. Well, Ronaldo didn't score. You expect Ronaldo to score. Yeah, Benzema. I think Benzema's finished at at Madrid. I don't think he's he's good enough anymore. Modric and Tony Cruz just did what they do. Yeah, it was a quiet game for them, but quiet in a good sense and just controlling the game, controlling the tempo of the game whenever they had the ball. Which I think I think that's the biggest shame for Liverpool players is because I can't think of an outfield player for Liverpool that had a bad game. You couldn't say they had a bad. They might not have had a, a good game or a great game, but they didn't have a bad game. And yet, you say Real Madrid, none of them, none of their players had a good game. And yet they've come off easy three-one winners. Mm-hmm. I just think Madrid are so used to being in that final now. They're yeah, because what is it? Three in a row. Now. Three in a row. Four, four in the last five. five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it must just be like any other game to them, though, yeah. and it, it really showed. But I was so impressed with Ramos last night, and um, seen a lot on social media about him intending to injure Salah. Just wanted to get Michael Dyson's opinion on that. It won't surprise me no when Ramos. Apparently, a video's come out today as well. His elbow carriers, yeah. yeah, nobody mentioned before that, the first Real Madrid yeah. So, well, it's typical Ramos. I mean, I, one thing that did bother me is why was the Salah injury not a foul? He's grabbed his arm and pulled him to the ground. I think it was 50-50. They're both falling, aren't they? You can't, you can't see him holding... You can't see him locking his arm in real life, can you? But it's quite clear they pulled him to the ground. Yeah, but you see that... Ramos has gone down and Salah's ended up coming around on top of it. So yeah, like it happens all the time and they don't get a foul or a yellow card or anything. I just think Ramos is so experienced and he knows what he's doing. And oh, he's an artist of what he does. The dark arts. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. <laughs> we mentioned it before uh, with Lallana coming on. Do Liverpool have to build a squad instead of starting 11? Like last year they built a starting 11. Is it a case of building the squad now? Much yeah. the case of uh, Tottenham a few seasons ago. Um, well, it is. I mean, like I say, our starting 11, except for one or two, i.e. carriers, <laughs> are good enough to compete against the likes of Serre and probably Real Madrid on a different day. If So with a decent keeper, our 11's fine. The issue was, Real Madrid were able to bring on Bale and Asensio and we were bringing on Lallana and then Ray Chan wasn't played for six weeks. He was our best option off the bench. And he's not exactly an impact sub. He's just another midfielder. And we're going to lose him anyway. So I think it's definitely about going getting players who possibly know they might be spending a lot of time on the bench. But they'll get opportunities in big games like last night. And one thing that allowed us is Klopp, especially at the beginning of the season, did rotate his squad a lot. 
so it, it does suggest that you'll get opportunities so I think it is about going getting players that mean that when people look at our bench they know that we can change a game if we need to and it's people that will frighten defenders when they're getting tired in those last 20 minutes it's like oh no here comes this guy and, and that's we don't have that at the minute so that's the key in the transfer window we sign a world class goalkeeper maybe a world class centre back and then go buy squad players because the rest of the players are fine well haven't you got squad players coming through Got a few I, I would say yes I would be more than happy to put the likes of Woodburn and Kent on our bench I think Kent's a great player and, you've, and you said Solanke before yeah. two or three years you've got players there that I, I, it's keeping the faith from yeah. them isn't it Yo, Divo Carigi was sent out on loan I still don't understand that one I thought of our second strikers behind Firmino Origi was the best one we had so it's possible that we do have the players there if Klopp's willing to do it and it might be an easy way of saving someone there like I said, I think Woodburn's going to be great. I'm a big fan of Ryan Kent. Wilson's had a fantastic year out on loan. Mm-hmm. So there are players there that can have an impact. They won't have the same fear factor of going signing big money players, obviously, but they've got the quality, I think. And it's whether we, we made that decision to say we don't need to spend 50 million on another winger because we've got Kent, Wilson, and Woodburn. It only them. takes a few performances to in, you know, install that fear factor as well. I'm just thinking in terms of spending players that are willing to sit on the bench. Only a few teams can sign them world-class players. You know, yeah. you're speaking of like Madrid, Barcelona can have players sitting on the bench. Yeah, Bayern probably can. I don't think Liverpool, United can attract that type of quality. Yeah, it's about... So you're not necessarily signing world-class stars, you're signing players that... I've got potential to be like... Potential. So... Player I, I think we should probably go and sign if we're going to do it like, would be Shakiri from Stoke. Relegated, I think he'd be more than happy to come to Liverpool, having you know played for Stoke for the last few years and now being a relegated team. He'd feel like he could break that team as well. Yeah. He's got that confidence in him. Of the other clubs being linked with Shakiri, it's likes of Everton, I think um, West Ham. So you're looking at mid-table teams, they're offering in Champions League football as part of a rotation. And all it takes is a, an injury to Mane for me and all Salo and all of a sudden Shakira's a starter for Liverpool yeah see so, I don't see Shakira being happy with that do you know no I don't see him being I think he'd want to play I think I get the feeling that he wants to be the main man you reckon that was the reason he went from Bayern Munich and Inter Milan to Stoke yeah that drop he wants to be the, the player everyone looks to I, I rate him as a player and I think he'd, it'd be perfect for him at Liverpool but I just don't think it'd do for him no, there's definitely going to be a race to sign Shaqiri though in the Premier League, I reckon. He's not staying at Stoke, is he? <laughs> no. Championship playoff final Aston Villa versus Fulham Fulham coming out 1-0 winners and promoted back to the Premier League after 4 years deserved winners definitely in my eyes I didn't watch the game but based on the way they played this season I think going into the playoffs 
Fulham were the ones for me that deserved to get promoted. So I think overall the right result. Yeah, they were on form from about January and what well, I can't remember the exact number of games, but I think they went something like 18 games unbeaten. So they were definitely the on form team. I think what watching the game yesterday you saw a team that was built on experience in Philip and obviously they have quite a few older players and um, a, a more exciting younger team with a lot of potential and it really showed I mean Terry and Chester at times just looked out of depth with the pace that was coming down those flanks and Mitrovic kept them kept them busy all afternoon so that's the way I saw it and I think Fulham will be better in the Premier League than Villa would have been yeah 100% I think Fulham they've got a nice way of playing and they've got a system and they've been sticking to it that's why they've you know, been, been in such good form I think just a few signings uh, Mitch Fitch has come out and said that he wants to sign permanently that would be a great signing for him but just a few signings in a similar mould than what they've already got now but a better quality he could definitely stay up next year I think there's a lot of work to be done with that Villa team and I think Bruce should stay Bruce is definitely the right option to stay in the championship with, definitely. Yeah, I just think they need some more dynamic, youthful players. Yeah, yeah. I think this season he's, he, he went for experience. He thought, let's go for Premier League experience to get us back there. And unfortunately, in such a long season that the championship is, maybe the legs didn't quite hold up. Maybe some of them were a bit too old. I mean, of the two teams yesterday... Which one would cope better in the Premier League? I mean, you could argue that maybe Villa would have done with the experience that they have. Like you say, it's a young team before not a lot of Premier League experience in that current squad. Whereas there would have been plenty for Villa, but the one you would want to see, the one with the potential to do better because they are young players, potentially having no fear in the Premier League. Oh, and they'll be a lot more exciting for them. So I'm glad that they're back up and like you say, it might be a big shake-up at Villa this year because there are a lot of old legs and it didn't quite pay off. If that is the case, it'll take them a few seasons to come back. I think they need to rebuild. I think they need yeah. to just go back to the drawing board, but I don't think the owner necessarily wants to spend the money now. No. So it might be a case of a few players go. I think I think Grealish will go for a decent amount of money. I think he's ready for a mid-table maybe one of the promoted sides or one of the sides that were promoted last season would suit him best because he'd play in them teams you'd imagine mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know a team like I don't know Huddersfield would suit his style of play so I think he could go a bit a bit above no disrespect to Huddersfield but a little bit above like you were saying before Everton West Ham Southampton I, I think Southampton's a good shot those are I think I say go slightly above Southampton is probably not a bad shout, but also I think Villa are probably going to want a decent pay for him. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Villa this year tried to do what Newcastle did the year before, because when like I say they had a lot of Premier League players in their squad, and Newcastle the year before had the highest wage bill in Championship history. They had a Premier League wage bill and gambled on getting straight back into the Premier League. When you look at the players like Terry, Snodgrass, you know, Chester, all Premier League experienced Premier League players probably still feel should be in the Premier League. You've got to wonder what their wage packets are and whether they gambled this year on their wage bill. So it might be that this year is about recovering money. Yeah, Terry will stay. 
I think he'll retire. I think he should retire, especially after I've not seen him at all this season. But watching him yesterday was it's quite sad to see him. Yeah, I think he, I think he should have retired last season. I don't think he should have gone to another club. I think he should have been Mr. Chelsea, retired there, took on a coaching role and just stay at Chelsea until manager role comes knocking. There's talk of him being Mourinho's number two at United. Yeah, I read about that. Um, I don't know whether it would be a good move or not. I don't think it would. I think it would just be a yes man for Mourinho. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one to challenge him. Talk about John Terry retiring. Everyone's talking about Conte leaving. Could he not be the manager? Wow. It's a big ask, that. They were talking about it a couple of years ago before they brought in Conte and potentially making Terry maybe a player manager all for his last year or two years. Would they... I think they've got too much that they need to go for next season to risk a young, hopefully promising manager. They need experience. They need to get back in the title push. They need to get back with a trophy, whether it be FA Cup or Europa League. They need to go for something next year. They can't do what they did this year at all. Do you think it could have a Zinedine Zidane impact? No. Zinedine Zidane managed the B team for a few seasons John Terry's not managed at all but he's, not, he's not even coached as far as I'm aware I think, the, I think he's probably I think he's been coaching at Villa obtaining his badges and that was one of the reasons why I decided to but stay no like full time coach no. not concentrating on playing there's talk of Lampard in talks with Derby could he go there assistant to Lampard yeah he, he revealed it last night didn't he after the match that he is talking to him I think a championship club or lower obviously He's a good move for an ex-player because it's not as much of a spotlight on him. He can kind of just get on with the job. And obviously, the higher-profile player you are, high-profile club you're going to get as you know as a manager. So I think it'd be good, but again, it is a risk because Derby are one of them teams that should be going for promotion. Year after year. Personally, if I was going to hire Lampard and Terry, it would be the other way around. It would be Terry as my manager, Lampard as assistant of the two, watching them as players. The one that I thought would go on to be a successful manager would have been Terry and not Lampard. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they'll both managers, you know, the next step that they both take. Unless Terry just says, you know, I want to go back to Chelsea, I'll take a coaching role. I think that's probably best for him. He's, he's got to be on it. So Fulham in the Premier League next year, how do we think they'll... I think they'll stay up. I think, um, like I said before, build on what they've got now. Hopefully the manager stays, because obviously when he got promoted with Watford, he left pretty quick. But obviously history has shown Watford changing managers every year. So... He should have a good home to stay at with Fulham. Build on it. Don't let key players go like Sessignon and um, Kearney. Sam Mitrovic, he's embodied the Fulham you know, lifestyle. But yeah, I think if they can get the right signings done, I can't see why not, why they wouldn't stay up. I think they should stay up quite comfortably. You know, I don't think they'll lose Sessignon. He said that if they got promoted, he'd stay with him because he's a local lad. Um, and let's face it the owner's not short on money he's currently in negotiations to buy Wembley for 900 million mm-hmm. so he's clearly, he's clearly got something in the bank that he can go to war with next season so 
I wouldn't be surprised if they were one of the big spenders over the summer to try and keep in the Premier League and keep that Premier League money coming in. It is going to be interesting that, you know, before any big signings have been made, that two promoted teams are being linked with all the big money signings. Wolves and Fulham potentially could be competing with the big six in terms of spending, which is unreal, really. Record uh, transfer fees will be smashed this year, without a doubt. But there's a kind of a feeling of a, a change in the guard because all three uh, promoted teams stayed up last year, didn't they? Yeah. So in effect, you've got six newish teams. One of them, Newcastle, who you expect the long way. Yeah, but yeah. You've got six newish teams. You've got Fulham coming up. Got Wolves coming up. Who we've both got a ton of money. You could really see the Premier League kind of. With West Brom and Stoke, all these teams that have been in it for a while, you could really see the Premier League redevelop into having different teams. As it does appear to be in a transitional period. I definitely. Think this season will have woken up a lot of the Premier League teams because I think the reason why West Brom, Stoke, and Swansea all went down is because they've been in there for a while. They're comfortable in the league. Usually get towards mid table. And they all just sort of sat still and said, we're happy, we've survived. Complacent, complacent, sir. And they got complacent and they went down because of it. So I think those teams like Bournemouth and Burnley will all look at that, what happened this year and think, we know that the team's coming up, we're going to do everything they can to stay in. Mm-hmm. So we've got to make sure we still have that mentality. And any manager at clubs, like I say, who usually in and around relegation to mid-table I would imagine those managers would be saying to the owners is don't let us become the next West Brom or Stoke yes we're comfortable we've done well we usually get mid-table don't let us go down because because you think we're, we're a dead cert for survival it's going to be interesting to see who does obviously it's a year's time but who will get relegated because like we say expecting two of the three promoted teams this year to spend Newcastle, if they can get their own ship, you know, troubles out of the way, they might spend. And then Huddersfield, Brighton, they'll be looking to continue to build. And like you said, Michael, the other teams have got to make sure they don't get complacent this year. So it's going to, I think it's going to be wide open relegation battle till the last day of the season because I think there'll be that many teams on good form runs and then low dips and stuff like that I think it's going to be a good season next year I think it'll be very good I'd look at teams now possibly like Bournemouth they're going to be right in it I've just got a feeling about them yeah um, maybe maybe Watford I don't know but Watford it just seems to be ticking and it's eventually going to stop ticking and that's going to be it it's just the rate they change managers there's no consistency yeah but I'd look at it now and say Fulham and Wolves will more than likely stay up. Yeah. With the squad Wolves have already got and the money we've both got. But like you said, it's, it's not even just lowest types of teams. Like Everton struggled this year. You'd never expect Everton to be where they were at the start of the season. So it's just a really interesting time in the Premier League. Well, yeah, we've got two leagues now, really, in the Premier League. We've got our top six and then. Really, there's not a lot from 8th down to 20th. Oh, yeah, it's especially at the start of the season when it's all fresh and 
Because at the start of the season, you wouldn't have had Stoke in the bottom three. You possibly would have had West Brom. They always seem, seem to be the team that you throw in the mix in relegation. But Swansea as at well. At the beginning of the season, West Brom had Tony Pulis, so you said they might be 17th, but they won't get relegated. True. And then for some reason, they made the decision to get rid of somebody who knows how to survive. Very true. Palace struggled as well. Yeah, I think Palace have got the potential to struggle again. Palace could be in trouble if they sell Zaha because there was a, a clear difference between how they played with and without it. There's a few rumours that they want to sell Benteke as well. I know he didn't have the best season last season, but he's, he's always got that potential to do it again, like he did at Villa. But apparently his wage packet's too much at the minute. So they're looking at getting rid of Benteke as well, which could spell trouble. Had a few injuries as well. Yeah. yeah. If if they're selling players to get rid of a wage packet, I wouldn't be surprised if Palace went down because next year, this summer is going to be the biggest spending summer in Premier League history for me. Because like, obviously, just ignore the top six for now, but I think those lesser teams, like we say, we've already mentioned Wolves and Fulham will spend. But I think the other clubs will panic and think, let's not go down and they'll be spending as well. So if there's a team saying, you've got to sell players because they're on too high wages they're not going to have the same financial power in the market which could leave them in a dangerous position but with the Palace situation if Zaha goes that's, you imagine they'll get a lot of money they should get plenty of money and it's, it's, where, it's, what, they, what they do with it's it. where they choose to reinvest it we've mm-hmm. seen you know, I mean, Stoke last year so I'm out of it for 25 mil and didn't bring anybody in yeah. and they went straight down so you sell your best player if you don't reinvest it going to go down is Roy going to stay at Palace Roy will stay because I think they'll trust mm-hmm. him and, but I think they're going to, there's a chance that they'll put too much stock in Roy Hodgson as in he doesn't get relegated he's a good solid manager we can sell Saha sell Benteke and ask him to do decent business for cheap money and it might be that come January they're, they're panicking and they won't be surprised if Roy potentially lost his job at some point that's that mentality you're talking about again isn't it yeah. We'll just stay with Roy because it's safe. Yeah. We you need to take risks now in the Premier League and not always just say, Well, he's done it in the past, he's gonna save us. Yeah. Gonna do good business, we're gonna make a profit. You've gotta be adventurous. Like, obviously Sam Allardyce has just left Everton, but he will have another Premier League job by January. Oh yeah, that first team that panics yeah. and sacks, Allardyce will be favourite straight away. He does the job. Exactly. And like, but like I say, that might be one of the issues is do, like I say, Palace have that mentality is Roy Hudson does the job and get complacent. So will somebody bring in Sam at some point in the season and say, well, he'll do a job so we don't need to spend 80 million in January even though we're in the relegation zone. Sam will save us. Because like I say, the way that the Premier is going now is there's not a lot between a lot of teams at the bottom. Oh, gonna have to stop it there. This concludes part one of our two part special with special guest Alan Brown. Make sure to join us in part two where we'll discuss the managers in the Premier League that have come and gone. And with the transfer market now open in the Premier League, we'll be discussing the big transfer rumours ahead of the new season. So make sure to join us on Thursday at around 12 o'clock. And thanks for listening to this part of the episode. I've been your host, Rob Dyson, and you've been listening to That's What I'm Talking About.